You are listening to Garden Plots with Skeletor, your guide to gardening glory. I, Skeletor, will lead you on this path, watering you with wisdom and fertilizing you with fear. And you should certainly be afraid because it's now March, and that means it's prime gardening time for vegetable patches. Oh, I'm sure you thought that you had been doing the work of gardening by nurturing seedlings or putting in cold frames. That was but the preparation for battle. The true battle is before you. You stand on the precipice, and ahead of you are the enemies of pests, weeds, and the very elements themselves. As I resist the forces of tyrannous goody two-shoes in Eternia, and I do, so you must resist the forces of nature that would see your garden fall to ruin. The battle will be months long, and you may despair, but you do not give in, listener. Do not give even one inch. If you want to keep your hands, you will keep your sarcastic claps to yourself. I wasn't being sarcastic. You actually did a good job. See? Right there, you sounded sarcastic. You are like a raised eyebrow in human form. You sound like my parents. I wasn't being sarcastic this time. I'm sorry I sound too much like an eyebrow or whatever. Apology tolerated. Your sarcasm might hurt a lesser being's feelings, I'm sure. But I am not such a fragile bloom as that. Obviously. Listeners, if you are diligent, if you are crafty, you, yes, even you, you hapless horticultural hacks, can perhaps achieve the victory of harvest. Speaking of victory, I have a surprise in store for Eternia. I will not spoil the surprise by saying more, but a certain heroic buffoon is about to learn a lesson he will never forget. Or perhaps... He will never remember. <laughs> and on to lessons you should never forget. This episode, we begin planting greens in earnest. Greens are the foot soldiers of your garden. They will be the first to take the field and will be your stalwart companions through much of the growing season. Yes, I said greens, plural, as in more than a single type of green. If you start a grammar podcast, I'm quitting. Keep interrupting and you may not live long enough to quit. Stab the face. Leafy greens such as chard and mustard greens will tolerate continued cold weather, which makes them very forgiving if your early spring weather is changeable. Be advised, changeable weather is not an excuse if you plant too early and your greens perish of frost. You have access to an almanac and meteorological measures to schedule your planting by. Failing that, look outside in the early mornings. Is there still regular frost? Then hold off planting. Congratulations! You have used sensory input and drawn a simple conclusion from it. Waking up early is for suckers. Wrong. Waking up early is for the ambitious and cunning. Yeah, suckers. You're not going to conquer a world for yourself with that attitude, you know. What I want to conquer is an extra two hours of sleep. Riley, sometimes I truly despair of your potential for evil. Can you do it in your spare time? Because I want to finish recording this and go home. Hmm. <laughs> Not for your convenience, but I actually do need to wrap this up. I have an event of evil importance to prepare for. An event that will change the future of Eternia. And as for Will It Kill Beastman, Talansia, or air plants, can be found in every geometric wire planter that can be bought at steep discount at any college bookstore. They are having a moment, as the kids would say. We don't say that. This moment is probably due to the air plant's sculptural shape and near inability to be killed. 
Air plants do not root in soil, nor are they even watered in the traditional sense. They are just left about in an artistic spread of sea glass and sand, like decomposing sea urchins. But they do not die. You soak them once a month, miss them occasionally, and they continue to... Well, thrive feels like a strong word, but they maintain. Against all odds, they take the very little you give them and turn it toward their favor. Like, to take a random example, the glass of a telescope reconfigured not to look at the stars, but instead finally render vulnerable a certain golden do-gooder. <laughs> Speaking as an analogy, of course. So... Presuming that someone so negligent as to be looking for a nigh-unkillable plant might have a pet, will it be unhealthy for the animals or animalish creatures in your home? Yes. Sort of. It will not kill Beastman, but it will probably render him unable to talk for a few hours, so thank goodness for small mercies, really. For the sponsor of this episode, let me tell you about Porby Walker. Are your glasses boring? Of course they are. I fortunately do not need to wear glasses. If you are the type of person who has eyeballs, and if those eyeballs are nearsighted, farsighted, or hindsighted, Porby Walker has cool frames. Of course, they are too cool to describe themselves as cool. This is not a visual medium, so you're going to have to imagine if Riley was a pair of glasses. Did you just call me cool? I'm not cool. See? I don't know how you managed to insult me by complimenting me, but I don't like it. Having eyeballs is just another opportunity for your body to disappoint you. You can't choose your eyeballs, but you can choose whether you have eyeballs. I don't think that's what's Oh, well, written. it should be. Fine. You can't choose your eyeballs, but you can choose your frames. Corby Walker. You can have your new glasses in under a week, which is just enough time because you definitely want to be able to see everything the opening of the new Royal Observatory has to offer. It will be a sight you will not want to miss. Speaking of things that might be missed, many gardening neophytes are aware of flowers only as soft-stemmed, delicate things in need of your hovering in order to thrive. But even if your mere presence would cause a geranium to wilt, there is one kind of flowering plant even you are unlikely to bungle. Flowering cactuses, such as the Crown of Thorns, will give you bright flowers without forcing you to agonize over humidity levels and special fertilizers. To be clear, you should be agonizing over those things, but this is an achievable amount of agonizing for the more... hopeless among you. Agonizing is a vital part of gardening, despite what Queen Marlene might say with her negligent, libertine, and frankly dangerous talk about each gardener is a unique flower, blooming in her own way. Or is it each flower is a unique gardener? Or each unique is a gardening flower? Or some other feel-good, utterly useless tripe? Now, regarding the crown of thorns, does your cactus have sunlight? Does it have appropriately well-draining soil? Can you be trusted not to overwater it? Congratulations! You possess the bare minimum level of competence to handle this cactus. A low bar to be sure, but you should take your victories where you find them, as opposed to my own imminent and glorious victory over a certain meddling meathead. Your crown of thorns needs a good window spot, as it demands bright sunlight. Now, if you keep windows open in winter and early spring, like a maniac that wants to heat the entire neighborhood... You totally sound like my mom right now. 
Well, your mother sounds like a perfectly intelligent non-maniac. And unless you want a permanent relocation to the very unheated dungeons, you will keep quiet and let me work. <clears throat> then do your cactus a favor and keep it near a window you leave closed. And also, close your windows, you fool. There's no reason to heat and cool your evil lair at the same time. If your minions want to experience a crisp breeze in winter, then they're welcome to sleep outside. You heard me, Whiplash. Now, as I tell you almost every episode, and will continue to tell you until these words haunt your very dreams, do not overwater. Water your cactus when the top half of the soil is dry. A cactus will tolerate a mist watering or two, unlike my mewling minions who complain if breakfast is even five minutes late, despite you all understanding how to open the refrigerator and then apply milk to cereal. And speaking of which, you all know full well that the Marshmallow Mighties are for weekends only. During the week, we are a Grainy Grains household. So yes, check before you water. Your cactus will thank you. No, you know what? While we're on the subject of minions, I want to make it painfully clear that it's apparent certain members of this evil fortress have not been taking their turn on the chore wheel, Whiplash. Yeah, because chores are the worst. You're like Whiplash's attitude toward laundering his dirty socks, indifferent and therefore appalling. Are you saying you'd rather live in squalor? No, I just don't want to do chores. I want, I don't know, chore minions. You are your parents' chore minion. Besides, minions are considerably more difficult to keep alive than a plant, and right now I wouldn't trust you with a moss ball, so do your chores. Oh my god, fine. Good. Ahem. Listeners, if you follow these simple instructions for your cactus, you'll enjoy the blooms of success. I think we can take it as read that your success will be more stunted and unsightly compared to my own majestic achievements in the area of cactus raising and everything else. In fact, I personally will be enjoying the bloom of success later this very week. A bloom that has been watered by my genius and diligently fed the sunlight of scheming. Oh, the scheming! So I guess you're up to something, huh? Perhaps. You're barely suppressing a villainous monologue about it. You're trying to hold in an evil laugh right now, aren't you? No, I'm being perfectly normal. Everything is absolutely fine. For now. <laughs> oh my god, you're like if evil was a dad joke. You're like if... Shut up, and hand me that listener question. Now it's time for Leaf It To Me, where I generously guide you out of your botanical ignorance. Dear Skeletor, I'm trying to plan for a successful garden, and I've been told that I should do companion planting. I know that means grouping plants together so they help one another, but beyond that, I'm clueless. Well, clueless, you've come to the right podcast. Prepare to have information crowbarred into that disused muscle you call a brain. Ahem. <clears throat> Some people may think of companion planting as creating friends for your plants. Those people are soft and ripe for domination. Companion plants are minions for your plants. By having them, your plant will grow stronger, safer, more stable, and delicious. Some examples of minion planting include having a row of marigolds around your vegetables. Marigolds help deter many destructive insects. 
Borage, meanwhile, is excellent for planting with most tomatoes and okra. Basil also grows well next to tomatoes, though by my guess that has to do with lazy gardeners wanting the ingredients for caprese close at hand. If you bring a loaf of bread into the garden, you are practically on your way to bruschetta. Wait, so how can you tell which one is the minion? I... what? If one is the minion plant and the other is the... is the... The overlord plant, yes. The overlord plant. How can you tell which one is which? I... well, I mean, that is a stupid question and I refuse to answer it. I mean, if they're both helping each other, then why is one a minion and because the other... Because one is more important than the other, obviously. Would you consider your run-of-the-mill sweet corn to be on the same level of importance as a fine kabocha? I personally would, yes. See? And, and that, that is why I am the overlord and you are the minion plant. That doesn't answer and my so question, though. you want to make sure your minion plants are helpful to your overlord plants, that they share soil and nutrients, and don't talk too much in what is clearly not their podcast, as they know nothing about plants. If your minion plant grows in too much, you might want to consider a harsh pruning, or removing the plant entirely and non-euphemistically killing it, as that was definitely a clause in the employment contract. What? You must be careful, because every minion is not necessarily a good minion. I'm a minor. I didn't sign a contract. Well, your mother either doesn't read contracts, or you aren't her favorite child, as all that says. I'm an only child. Well, that speaks for itself, doesn't it? Boom! I am on fire today! M. Some plants will make life difficult for your overlord plant. For instance, the black walnut tree roots exude a chemical which will inhibit the germination and growth of other plants. This is not a minion plant, nor an overlord plant, but an enemy plant, and should be dealt with appropriately. Cut it down low in its moment of hubris, like a... a, a large, strong thing, like a... a, a wooden... Inanimate, tall thing. Cut down like a tree, maybe? That was definitely sarcasm, in case you weren't sure. I was thinking like a he-man, actually, as trees have infinitely more personality and less hubris. However, like the black walnut, he blights the earth around his feet. But his time will come. Oh, it will come. <laughs> there. You have been informed. You may thank me by submitting to my rightful rule as Master of the Universe and Ruler of Eternia, and also by donating to my schemes on Kofi. Perhaps your donation will pay off with a surprise Eternia will never forget. Come back for the next episode of Garden Plots with Skeletor, or else. <laughs> Garden Plots with Skeletor is written by Marissa Bond and Megan Bob and edited by Dan Mulcairn. Our theme song is Daydream by Rafael Medina and our logo was created by Kit Mulcairn. Skeletor is played by Dan Mulcairn. Riley is played by Kit Mulcairn. Additional music from filmmusic.io by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and all associated characters are property of their owners. You can reach us at gardenplotswithskeletor at gmail.com, on Tumblr at gardenplotswithskeletor.tumblr.com, or on Twitter at garden underscore plots. You can donate to Skeletor schemes on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash gardenplotswithskeletor. Thank you for listening.